we are continuing a series that we started last week called Reentry, uh, thinking about uh, re-entering life well as things hopefully get uh, perhaps a little bit more and more normal. I think we're excited about that, but I also want to let you know it's okay if you're feeling a little bit of anxiety about that. that that's normal. I think it maybe surprises you a little bit, but you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, to go to church or to do this thing or go to that family gathering, and then it's a little hard, like when you're actually getting ready and, and getting prepared. Uh, so it's all right, and just turn to the person next to you and say, you're not alone in that. Go ahead and say that or do that online. Say, you're not alone. Like, we're, we're all in this moment. Like, we're, we're, we're so excited, but it's also hard. And I mentioned last week uh, a book that my friend wrote, I'm kind of using for, for the idea of this. He has some other great suggestions if you want to read it. It's called Reentry by Josh Ross. And he wrote this book because he was doing some research for a sermon series and found this really interesting article about parts of Alaska where it's dark for months at a time and then light for months at a time. We had Chance, our local Alaska expert, share his experience uh, last week. But those kind of moments are, and I think we generally would have an understanding that, oh, it's, it's going to be difficult when it comes into darkness. And we know about things like seasonal depression, which can happen, and that is a real thing as well. But studies actually show that in parts of Alaska where it's like more dark, I mean, you go months and months of darkness and months and months of light, people actually struggle more when the light comes back. And that's a little bit surprising to us, perhaps. But I think as we're walking into a different sort of season in, in our lives, like I think it makes a little bit more sense, perhaps. And he decided, my friend Josh, who had lived basically in warm weather places for his entire life, he went to Barrow, Alaska, one of the most northern parts of Alaska, when it was the dead of winter, as they were preparing for the sun to come back. He was woefully uh, scared about doing that because it was very, very cold. But as he was there, he interviewed people and talked about this experience. Like, what is it like when, when it's light all the time? Like, why is that so hard. And he said he always remembers a counselor that he was meeting with at a high school. And this person was talking about why, like, she thought this was the case. And she said, it's because you think that when the sun comes back, everything's going to change. But then it doesn't. I mean, how many times have you said to yourself, once COVID's over, you know, you've thought that you want once COVID's over, and not that you aren't going to do some exciting things once COVID's over, but it's like you, you have this expectation and almost this hope that like once COVID's over, like everything in your life is going to be fixed and you're so missing that family gathering, but then you go there and there's still that conflict you had in 2017. Like you, you, you're excited about these things. And so how many times have we said, you know, once COVID's over, like that's going to fix everything. It's like January 1st every year, right? We're like, you know, I'm really excited about changing this thing in my diet. And then it's January 5th and you're already like deep into the chips. Like, it's just like, that's, that's how it goes. Like, wherever you go, there you are. And I feel like that happens on my birthday every year now. It's like, do you feel 38? Like, not really. Like, I like to think I'm a little younger than that still. But like, we have those, those questions and I was really excited. Last night I went to my, my first Dodger game in person, which I was really excited about. And they lost 12 to 1. I was like, oh man, this is a little rougher than I remember it. Like I was like so, so excited about this moment. So there's stuff that we're, we're looking forward to, but as we experience it, like wherever you go, there you are. And I think if we're honest, like we at times have put our hope in this thing. Like, you know, once COVID's over, then like everything's going to get better. And then you get that experience and there's something about walking in the light that exposes what's actually there. And you have to recognize like 
COVID wasn't your only problem. Like, it was an issue, and it's sad, and you've maybe experienced more sadness during this time uh, than me, but it isn't your only problem. And it's not like walking out of it is going to just fix everything, because wherever you go, there you are. And so I hope that as we walk more and more into the light, that we would do so with purpose. One of the things that COVID has given us a chance to is just reset and think through things differently. How much will you be involved in this thing or that thing? And I think all of us would admit that we were too busy before COVID, and there's going to be some things that you're going to say no to perhaps permanently because you've had a chance to just reset and think about those things in your lives a little bit. And I hope today that as we continue to think about this idea, I hope that you just think with me about perhaps some things that you want to say yes to or to add back into your life with greater intention and purpose. There's this quote that that I like that I think about often by a philosopher named Umberto Eco, and he says this, I believe what we become depends on what our parents teach us at odd moments when they aren't trying to teach us. We're formed by the little scraps of wisdom. And I wish this wasn't true. I wish that I could just crush it as a parent for an hour a week and then be like, don't pay attention the rest of the time, uh, because that, that would be pretty nice if that was the case. And this is true in parenting, but it's true in everything in life. Like, you can't just go to the gym once and have a six-pack. Like, it, it makes a difference. It's these countless, like, decisions that we would say are, like, little decisions that add up. And I think there's this myth that we somehow a little bit all believe that as long as you're doing something that doesn't hurt somebody else, then it's fine. So go ahead and just, you know, spend as much time on technology as you want or watch as much of the news as you want or do whatever it is and just do as much as you want. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, then it doesn't matter. But those things add up. Especially the weight of it all is carried the most by the people that you love the most. You've been hurt by someone's decision to just continue eating and just not really put a stop on their life. Or you've been hurt by somebody's decision to just continue working and working and working so many hours that they don't really like pay attention to you. We've all been hurt by this stuff but we don't really recognize it enough because it adds up and it matters. I'll always remember when I was a grad student in Abilene, Texas, there was a moment where I had, I don't mean to brag, but I had won eight straight Super Bowls on Madden NFL. I know, it's pretty impressive. I had turned the woeful Texans franchise around. We'd won eight straight Super Bowls. And I had this, ex- I remember where I was, like an existential moment on my couch where almost my body went out and I like watched myself on the couch. And I remember thinking like, nobody cares about this. Like, I, I could, I, this, is, this just doesn't matter. And even further, I, I was surprisingly single at the time. And I was like, I, just, I don't think I'm ever going to get a girlfriend if I keep going down this road. And it's just stuff like that, that we just have to entertain us. And it is, it's so entertaining. And it's just right there. And it's more available to us than ever. But we have to recognize that this stuff, it adds up. And it's putting your life in a certain kind of direction. Unfortunately, I don't think we're doing a good job of clinging to the stuff that's really going to give us life and give, give us greater meaning and purpose. Unfortunately, mental health statistics are just alarming in, in our country and around the world. 
And it's very normal, and I don't want to make it like to make you feel bad if you struggle with anxiety because that, that is a very real thing, but it's unbelievable. The rates are just through the roof. And some of that is stuff that you really like need a doctor to work through, but for some of us, I think it's because of some of the choices that we're making. And if you want to be anxious all the time, like there are certain places that you can tune in. And they want to make you anxious, so they keep giving you more things to be anxious about. And I think that's one for sure where we thought, you know, once COVID's over, like, I'm not going to be anxious anymore. No, no, no. There's, there's a way for us to, to step back a bit and to say, what is it that I'm going to keep in my life? Thomas Merton, the theologian, said this this way, life is this simple. We're living in a world that is absolutely transparent and the divine is shining through it all the time. This is not just a nice story or a fable. It's true. And I think deep down, like, we want to believe this. We want to believe that we have God's image inside of us. We want to believe that what we do matters. We want to believe that we can connect our lives to some sort of, of divine thing that would give us greater purpose and meaning. One of the reasons why I, I can know that you believe that and I believe that is because these are the stories we tune into all the time. I mean, how many times have you heard, you got to watch this new Netflix show? And it's just almost always about people who are, you know, living somewhat normal lives, but it, it connects them to like a deeper purpose. The great Harry Potter books, you know, you just stumble into um, 11 and three quarters, right? Isn't that what it is, right? Nine, Nine and three quarters. I knew I was going to get that wrong. I really should have researched that one. That was an easy look up, but um, there is a sign in our house, Manny is saying, yes, there is a sign in our house that that says that I should probably, speaking of paying attention, um, but you stumble into a wardrobe and you enter into Narnia, or you walk into a forest and there's seven dwarfs. Like, we have all of these stories around us that are about, you know, just, just, you know, normal, average things happening, and then just this unbelievable thing begins to happen to this main character, and I think the world is more like that than we might think. Because I hope that on Sundays when we gather for worship, whether you're with us online or if you're here in person, I hope that we are creating a space that helps you to connect your life to God. I genuinely hope that that is one of the things we are striving to do. But I also know that some of my most divine encounters have been on like a random Tuesday when you're just walking along and you have a certain connection with maybe nature or with somebody else and you just don't really know when it's going to happen. And that's a humbling experience as a preacher because my goal is to hopefully connect you with this divine God that I can't always get a formula for. What I hope that we do during worship is that you don't just think about God for one hour a week, that it helps you to learn to pay attention to God at every single other moment in your life. Because you just don't know when you're going to have a divine encounter. God is more available to us, I think, than we might think. We see the story of Moses who finds himself really in retirement. He's not really wanting to do anything big or significant. He's out being a shepherd after some failure and some difficulties in his life, and he doesn't really want to do a whole lot else. But as he's walking, uh, watching out in this forest desert-type area, there's this bush that's on fire. And for whatever reason, he just stops and he pays attention to it. 
And we often think about that as God just like, wow, I wish I had a burning bush. But really, it's just about Moses stopping to pay attention. In the desert, there would have been many bushes on fire all the time. But he, for some reason, like he stops and he pays attention. And in fact, in the Hebrew, what he says as he's walking by is he says, I must turn aside. What ways do you, do I need to just turn aside? And it ends up being something that Moses gives his life to, which is is so profound and significant still for us today. I would argue that Moses, despite his flaws and his continued issues, I would say he becomes more like God on this journey. Because he says, I'm just turning aside. As we begin to have a chance to to re-enter into life, what do you need to turn aside from? To say, God, I want to start some, some new disciplines or, or habits because these, these things they add up and they matter. Paul builds on this idea multiple times in his writings. He says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. I think he's a little hard on the old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value in all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life that's to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Train yourself for godliness. And the the point that he's making is physical labor, though, it is important. It has some, like, meaning. Like, train yourself to, to live into a life that will always exist. Like, what you do here, it matters. The things that you do for God in this time and in this place, it connects you to a deeper story and purpose. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says this this way, do you not know that all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it for a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul writes and says, train yourself for godliness, become more like Christ every single day. And he he writes about it in such a compelling way that it's not one of those things that you can just go, all right, you know, I put in my time for an hour and I'm good for the rest of the week. No, it's something that is about reorienting your entire life. I run with purpose. I recognize that it's hard. Running a race is hard. Spirituality is hard. Life is hard. I run with purpose because it is that way. In my life, it's aimed somewhere. Do you realize that your life is aimed in a certain direction? And these things, perhaps, that you think of as just little things, they add up, and it makes a difference. As I mentioned, I did grad school in Abilene, and I remember when I moved to Abilene, Texas, in August um, of a long time ago, I was 
in my apartment, and I enjoyed running, and so I thought, I'll just do my run like I did in L.A., and I went running at 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, and I realized about two minutes into my run that you just can't do that in Texas. Like, there's just, some people are shaking their head. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that. First of all, the air is so thick, it's like really running, and like, it's too much resistance, uh, and I learned about three minutes into this run, I'm not going to do this, and I always run at night after that, and that was definitely for me a moment when I was literally running aimlessly. That was one of the unwise decisions of my life. But think, Paul is trying to say, about your context. Think about what you're going through and and what you're experiencing. Like, think about how you could make a difference and don't just go all over the place and, you know, see a squirrel and turn to the squirrel. Like, no, run. Like somebody who is trying to train for the Olympics. You are training for a crown that's going to last forever. Like, take it seriously because it matters. And all this stuff adds up. And praise God, you can become more godly. You can become more whole. The word that the New Testament uses to describe Christians is disciple and if you can't notice, that's related to discipline. Like, it's, it's about turning your heart over to Jesus and say, I want to continue following you. And we started last week just by trying to center our lives as we walk back into the, the light of a, a post-COVID L.A. specifically and hopefully world. We continue to, to pray for that. I challenge you to read one of the Gospels. That was your homework, to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And I got many responses, so thank you. If you haven't done it yet, you get an F, uh, which means you can do it in the future. So um, you can do it, do it this week. Just read, read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and just you can email me and just let me know, like, hey, you don't have to tell me what the thing is that you've been challenged by, but I'm telling you, if you read the Gospels seriously, you're, you're going to have something that comes up that you, that I, need to follow Jesus better on. There's actually probably going to be multiple things, but what is like something that you would say, all right, I need to submit in this area, or Jesus, I need to just center myself on you. And the reason why we do that is because Jesus has been through storms before. Jesus has helped people through horrific events, through hard things, through pandemics before. Jesus has carried people through, and you can center yourself more on that, that light and that love. My homework for you this week is to just think of of something that you either want to cut from your life moving forward or something that you want to add in. Just make it practical. What is something that you feel like God is calling you to add or, or take away from your schedule? Because you can become more like Christ. That doesn't mean you're ever going to be perfect. But you, through discipline, you can become more like Christ. And Christians have thought about this forever. Theologian Dallas Willard, who was a philosophy professor at at USC, he writes about sins of omission and sins of of commission. So sins of omission are things that you don't do that you should do. And obviously sins of commission are things that, that you probably know are wrong, but they're still in your life and you want to get rid of them. And people have, have struggled and, and thought about uh, these things forever. So, for example, there's a monk who writes about monks who are, are struggling with lust. And his 
strategy for that is to fast. And this is like, how does that make sense? But the reason why is because if you're struggling with a doing sin, you need to practice not doing. You want to have some strength to, you know, work on something in your life? There's some disciplines for that. They've been practiced forever. And you and I, we have more available to us than we might think. Paul says this in 2 Timothy, and this is consistent in his writing, it's everywhere. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, and we generally, like, we only read that part. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, a correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All of this stuff, the, the scriptures, these things, they help us as we become more dedicated to following Christ. And as you do that, as you center your heart more in that way, as you think about something that perhaps you want to add into your life or something that you want to take away, you have the opportunity to open up a wardrobe and encounter the the divine. You have the opportunity to walk into a forest and find God's presence more than anywhere else. And it's not because you're better than anybody else. It's because you've been training for it. These things that you think are insignificant and not all that important, they add up. They make a difference. I wanted to have Simon come and share at the end of our sermon today because um, he experienced something recently that I wanted to have him share about. He is on the way down, slowly. On the, very reluctantly, he was excited about this earlier, but he's, he's uh, on the way down. But Simon, I guess uh, a month and a half ago, uh, what, what did you start practicing? Uh, what change did you make? Well, um, my mom and I started a new diet called the Whole30. Which, if you don't know what Whole30 is, it's awful. It's uh, terrible. It's t- tell, them, tell them a little bit about it, what, what's involved in it. It's what a, can't you eat? Basically everything. Um, no, uh, you take out uh, wheat, dairy, um, sugar, and uh, unnecessary oils for cooking. Um, pretty much can only have like meat, vegetables, and a uh, couple um, types of nuts and um, legumes, but you can't have most of them. Yeah, no one's even sure what a legume is, but yeah, I mean, that's, and what, so you did this for, whole 30, so for 30 days, you did this for um, a month then, right? Yeah, 30 whole days, and, and how, how hard was it for you to do? Oh, it was extremely hard, I mean, because when you go to the store, you got to look at, you know, what the ingredients are for stuff that you're buying, and you got to be careful the way that you cook stuff, which I got lucky. My mom knows how to cook. Real she well, is an so. excellent cook. She's an excellent cook. I mean, she was on top of it. Um, I asked her a few times, you know, if this had certain things in it or, you know, because it tasted good. You know, if you cheated a little <laughs> bit and she's like, no, why would you even ask me that? But it is what it is. Yeah. And what, what are some things that you saw out of, out of this practice? Well, I noticed out of that that... Um, it changed my whole 
you know, perspective on what I want to put into my body and what I want to eat. I remember texting you and Austin the same thing, saying that uh, the whole 30 broke me <laughs> in a sense that it broke me of the habits that I'd created of putting, you know, horrible things into my body that had either excess sugar or, you know, too much fat or too much carbs, which is mainly what the uh, whole 30 is getting you to do is change your mindset and change your way of thinking about food and uh, you know how you prepare it and how you eat and when you eat so yeah that's awesome Any, anything else that you feel like is worth sharing about this experience as you I mean kind of retrain your mind a little bit yeah it's it's a good experience um, if you feel like you're strong, strong enough to do it I would recommend doing it because um, it has a lot of good benefits for your health aside from losing weight um, it helps decrease inflammation and other um, ailments like migraines and stuff because you're eating only the most pure um, things and you're not adding toxins to your body um, but other than that um, if you're up for a challenge go ahead and try it <laughs> Well, now Simon and Suzanne can be your experts. I know Austin has done it yeah, before Austin too, too. Uh, as well. So, dude, we're just, we're proud of you, man. So thank you for sharing. That's awesome. I just wanted him to share because I, I think of that. I know I've tried dieting before and just, you know, at 2 p.m. it's hard because you, you've, you've trained yourself to eat the sugars or, or whatever it is, the things that are, are hard to, to say no to. But these types of things, and it's, it's of course not, not just in, in food, but in all areas of life, these, these things add up. Like, where is it that your, your heart goes? Where is it that if you're in just, just a moment that you let yourself and your thoughts run to? I mean, one of the first times, for one of the first times in human history, you can be worried about everything that's happening all over the world. And there's not necessarily a reason to, you know? Like, I... I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for those things and, and think about world events at times, but do we really all need to be updated on this in real time? Like, there's things that we just need to maybe say, I just, I'm not going to pay attention to that anymore because it adds up and it makes a difference. And what do you need to maybe cleanse yourself, like, like a food cleanse like Whole30? What do you need to maybe cleanse yourself and say, all right, I'm going like, to look at my life differently? Because these countless small decisions, they add up, and they matter. And I hope that if you get nothing else out of this sermon, you just remember that, that God is more available to you than you might think. Because I've had very powerful moments of worship on, on a Sunday morning with a group of people gathered. I've definitely had that. But I've also had very powerful moments and encounters with God on random days of the week. And I've just tuned my heart more and more to God's presence. So my homework for this week, and again, you can play catch up on the homework from last week by reading one of the Gospels. But my homework for this week is, as, as you think about walking into the light with purpose, what is something that either you're going to add into your life or something that you're going to take away as you walk into a, a more and more post-COVID reality? Because God is with you. And God is with all of us. Let's pray. 
God, we're thankful and, and inspired by, by Simon and Suzanne's story. It, it's amazing. Just a, a change like that, it, it matters. And I know there's stuff that all of us can think of that we need to, to change and make a difference in. We need to, to focus on and think through. God, may we, we just come before you and, and think about what it is that, that we need to add in or take away. May we walk back into the light with purpose. Your son, Jesus, and I pray. Amen.